Before you stands Killick, newly risen Kel of Stone. She breathes deeply from the ether, and you watch as she grows in size. Where once she was frail, now she stands tall above you. As she raises a mechanical limb, her crew goes silent, anticipating their incoming command. There's a pause, and then she roars and points to you, Night One. Four dregs immediately leap towards you, shrieking as they do. Two vandals begin to take aim, and she lifts her scorch cannon high. I need you to roll me a con save, Night One, as the Kel of Stone attempts to corrupt your light. And then I'm going to need you all to roll initiative. Did you get your dice again? I've got some extra engrams somewhere around here. We could use those. Just use a marker. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Hangar Lunch Podcast. <laughs> you want to go with that? <laughs> My name is Kelly, your warlock. I'm Maria Hunter B. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you nailed it. Uh, I'm Eric Hunter. A. We're entering a Coliseum style. <laughs> this is <laughs> trying to mix it up a little bit. All That's right, good. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna use it. I, I mean, we're already we're already yep, done. It's Over. there. <laughs> Can't edit that. <laughs> Don't. It's perfect. Okay. So, hi everyone. Hey, how you doing? Doing all right. How was the beta? It's over. Yeah, it ended. That's why I said, "How was the?" Oh, beta? it was all oh. right. You know, bunch of reused assets. If you ask me, <laughs> just it's Destiny just 1. Destiny 1.5. Destiny oh. 1.5. That's all it is. <laughs> I enjoyed it. I had a lot of fun. Obviously, there's things that need to be done, but they already addressed that. Yeah. Many of the things that I had concerns with were already addressed. My so. warlock floats in the menu. Mm. Five out of five. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Game of the year. There you go. It's not out yet. Game of the year. My warlock floats in the menu. What do they get rid of that? Dead to me. Broken game. <laughs> All right. Broken game. Well. <laughs> Broken game. Regardless, what are we here to talk about today? We're on our last recap episode oh man so that means year three it's all about rise of iron or as i call it every single time for some strange reason the iron lord saga it's pretty good i don't know why so how do you rise iron do you use a crane Mm. or a lot of people or like what do you do you get this guy named saladin right you you have to find saladin lord saladin Find that guy. Okay. And then he's gonna go around Earth. I'm guess yeah, just Earth. And he's gonna find some people and he's gonna be like, We've gotta rise the iron. And they're like, Yeah, okay, cool. And they all help him pick it up and then everything. I always I always thought it was like you gotta like when you you're making the batter, you gotta like (laughs) really whip some like some bubbles in there so that when you bake it they like fuse into one big bubble i love that you call molten metal batter (laughs) well i mean that's how you you gotta whip the air into the batter (laughs) all right we're already that's a souffle joke everybody we're doing a great (laughs) great job so far but let's be honest guys the beginning of the Rise of Iron happens before the release of Rise of Iron, right? Kind of. Yeah. Or at least something happened before Rise of Iron. Yeah. 
the prologue. And everyone freaked the fuck out. Yeah. Oh, I freaked and out. And it was amazing. It was fun. I'm talking about Owl Sector. Mm-hmm. Who wants to talk about Owl Sector? You do. I <laughs> do. I mean, I've already talked so much. Well, from what I remember of it, <laughs> I don't remember the nitty gritty lore of it. I, I can some... get you there. Okay. So, from what I remember of it, I just hopped on Destiny one day. It was a Thursday. <laughs> and all of a sudden, I see someone in the tower with mites on their head and i was like yeah what whoa what is that person where is that a is that an everest thing what is that and everyone was like what are you talking about and then we just swarmed the guy and yeah. it was they got mites on their head the swarm guy yeah yeah we swarmed the swarm swarmed the swarm and then you know one thing led to another we searched online turns out owl sector was bungie's arg event and they set up this entire website and they set up this group in the lore called the Owl Sector. Mm-hmm. And so Owl Sector is a group of non-Guardian researchers that often works with the Vanguard. I guess their services haven't been needed for a while. <laughs> but basically, everyone logged on one day. They played in the Crucible and they started transferring these weird colored bugs to each other oh man it wasn't like oh i don't want to get the mites it was like give me what you have please i feel like that's such a solid representation of guardian culture yeah and speaking of which the owl sector writing was on point because it made fun of guardian culture so much yeah Cade six talked about how all those little guardians would not get off of his table. They would just dance on his map all day, which is like, I felt offended and honored simultaneously. (laughs) The whole thing about Owl Sector is that they first tried to quarantine guardians to the tower, but clearly that didn't work because everyone wanted to go get the bugs. Yeah. So, you know, it wasn't that great of an idea. And they even acknowledged that. They're like, there's no way we can freaking contain guardians like this is ridiculous right but owl sector was just a big old party before the rise of iron came out everyone was i mean at least our clan was like walking around the tower we were sending messages to players whoever had the the bugs we would send them a message and be like yo how'd you get those bugs and They'd be like, I don't know, I was in the crucible. And then we went into the crucible and we shot things and then we got bugs and we were all so excited and happy. But some people would have like four different types of bugs and that's wild. I wish I was one of those people. I think I got up to, I think I got two or three total. I got one bug. Oh. I got three max on my Titan. So the events of Owl Sector transpired, which is this great lead into Rise of Iron, which is all about, you know, nanomachines. Part of it is nanomachines and this wonderful invention called Siba. And another part of it is also how the Iron Lords came to be. And it was kind of like a prologue to Destiny. They explained a lot of how the Iron Lords came first, and then came the Guardians, and that's how we got to where we are now. Okay, okay, but listen. Mm. 
L sector happen, these little nano machines spread. Yeah. And Sivo is hanging out in the corner. And once this thing was done, Sivo winked at you and went, I'll Siva you soon. Oh God. Oh, that's what it said. That that I remember that. It was a really weird moment when the cloud of nanomachines spoke to you and then departed into the ether. I'll but... Siva you soon. It was a really courageous decision to oh to make them do that. <laughs> Beyond the fact that we kind of gain a little bit more insight into the Iron Lords. The Rise of Iron presented a lot of really interesting mechanic changes that for many of them were pretty good. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Eric, do you want to talk about that? I thought they were pretty good. Many of them we'll see throughout the story. We'll, we'll talk about them then. But the ones that just don't fit into most things and things that we had access to pretty much immediately. In fact, I'm pretty sure we had access to Supremacy before Rise of Iron even dropped for a weekend. For some fun, we have Supremacy, which is all about gathering honor from other guardians. You would kill someone and they would drop these little crests. I see Maria shaking her head. Is, I know she loved that section. There is no honor in Supremacy. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about... It's really like, fun when people actually play it. But for yes. the most part, like most crucible things, hey, I'm saying this, I'm saying it, and Whoa. I have no regrets. Most crucible modes, people don't play the objective. Yeah, no, they don't. Yeah, they don't. It's not great. I get supremacy why it's hard to play the objective, because you had to kill the guardian and collect their fallen crest. Well, I can see mm-hmm. where collecting the crest would be an issue. The reason why I say there is no honor in supremacy is because one... If you were great with a shotgun, it was your map. Ugh. So it was the warlocks with the sticky grenades and titans yeah, that's with right. um, shoulder charge would just dominate that match type. Especially It titans. was close range fire, yeah, for sure. It was very not sniper friendly, which I enjoyed because I don't really care for snipers all that especially much. But at the same time, I'm more of a sidearm person. Yeah. Sup- before it became cool by yeah, the way yeah i know like supremacy <laughs> really shined a light on sidearms and it just made sidearms the standard in crucible i myself used the trespasser uh many a time it is my go-to sidearm oh, what a good sidearm i love it but the other thing that was really bad about supremacy is that i live in an area with okay internet connection not great so it's just really fun to go into a match that requires really close contact and picking up a crest and then when i walk over the crest it's just sitting there and i'm like Okay, I'm picking it up, but it's not registering. Awesome. Beyond supremacy, we also got some nifty trinkets. Yeah, speaking of Trespasser, for instance, Trespasser also came with two additional skins that you could toggle once you found these things called ornaments. Mm. Sort of the evolution of what Chroma was introduced at the April update Mm -hmm. of the Taken Spring. What it is that you find these items, you equip them onto your armor or mostly exotic weapons and armor had this, but equip it onto those things and it'll change the way they look. Yeah. It was a way to kind of show how you played or how you wanted things to look. Some of them are really cool. 
Some of them were not my favorite. I didn't get either of the minor multi-tool ones, and both of those were my favorite. So, you know, don't feel bad when you didn't get that Gallahorn for, like, three years because I didn't get <laughs> ornaments for my favorite gun. I got ornaments for the Trespasser, and then I did the thing that Bungie warned you to do, which was like, hey, if you're going to infuse your weapons, make sure you take off the ornaments. Oh, yeah. And I completely forgot, so my ornaments went away for Trespasser, and I had to grind again to get them back. Oops. Yeah. It's not the best system, but it was kind of a neat little change the way things look. I liked it. A yeah. More personalization. Yeah. I got all kinds of ornaments stuff. all up in my guardian right now. Yeah. So clearly it made an impact. They even introduced ornaments for the gear itself. It wasn't just weapons, it was mm-hmm. also the gear. And for Rise of Iron, it was the it was very of course iron banner themed, which is just cloaked in wolves and very medieval kind of looking things everything was on fire fire everything was on fire yeah everything was on fire so that was pretty awesome but those were some of the bigger changes uh that we saw immediately once rise of iron dropped further ones we got access to as we made it through the story Mm -hmm. speaking of the story yeah how we get in that perhaps we might we might want to talk about a quick note on the themes in rise of iron sure before we got into the story, uh, we mentioned, for instance, the Iron Lords, kind of a medieval set of figures in the lore that we really never got access to. Yeah. We only saw them on weapons from Iron Banner. Mm-hmm. But I always found kind of interesting with this is that Rise of Iron was a contrast of like history and technology at the same time. We also mentioned, for instance, Siva, which is... I guess we'll go more detail into it later, but it is nanomachines, and that's about as scientific as you can get, in my opinion. And it's just a really weird clash of history and future. Not to mention Rise of Iron, as you might see, it's probably a good thing that this is like the this the sign out for Destiny One, but it was definitely nostalgic of what happened in the past. It brings back a lot of what happened early on, mm-hmm. especially since yeah. it's very fallen heavy and fallen were our like first enemies and the house of devils were our first enemies and now we're like in the end game and we're fighting them again it was actually kind of a pleasant return yeah in my opinion i really enjoyed a lot of that stuff well how do we begin the iron lords we talked about the beginning of the beginning but now we're in it it starts with a very epic cutscene. Bungie figured out that we really liked that epic cutscene that came at the beginning of the Taken King and they're like huh let's do this again and I hope they keep the trend up because I like those epic Mm -hmm. cutscenes so it starts with a very epic cutscene of Lord Saladin reminiscing or at least it shows you what he did he was fighting this swarm of nanomachines called Siva, and he explained that, you know, they all went down there, of course, uh, a kind of like a raid party team, and if any what? NPC knows by now, do not go down there, because only one person's gonna survive, but... Pretty much. Yeah. So he went down there, everyone fought, things weren't turning out so good, and then Lady Yolder, uh, very heroic, very badass... She pushed Saladin out of the vault of Siva and she like 
blew it up and it just sealed everything inside this vault, leaving Saladin the sole survivor of the Iron Lords. Kind of. Quote unquote. Why doesn't Lord Saladin and Erismarn talk more? What? Like, I feel like they Why should don't really they? sit down I and mean, have a conversation. I feel like it's just a really awkward conversation to start. Like, so, uh, heard all your friends died. Oh, uh, you too? I just feel like they have... You know, they have that pain in common and yeah. they can share it. You know what you else? Know, yeah. Be a good support group. <laughs> you know what, what other pain they have in common? The fact what? that at some point, one asshole soloed the entire raid. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what? It took you six people? Oh, well, you know, I just yeah, soloed yeah. it. No big deal. Whatever. <laughs> NBD. NBD. <laughs> so we're talking about this Lord Saladin figure. Who is he? He is the guy... In previous games, once a month, the Iron Banner would come around. And that is the Crucible's, like, bring your best gear, bring your light, because it does matter. And we're going to challenge you for a week in a Crucible-type match. And Lord Saladin would be the one to give you all the goodies and the bounties and everything. He wouldn't commentate during the Iron Banner, which I always found weird. I feel like... Moving forward, it's kind of a wish list of mine. If they are going to continue doing an Iron Banner, can it please be commentated by Lord Saladin? That'd be awesome. Or Lady Aphrodite. Anyways, we'll get to her. Either or would be pretty cool. Yeah, either or. I love Shax, but if it's Iron Banner, you know, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I always kind of felt weird about it too. Yeah. So he was the guy that, you know, you just collected all this gear from and it was like a monthly crucible event. And you're just like, yeah, he's a cool dude, I guess. He doesn't talk much. And oh my then, god, you know what would drive me crazy about that guy? What? I'd be there going to pick up my level 5 package, and he'd be like, you are not worthy to fight yeah. in the Iron Banner. <laughs> oh, I'd be geez. like, buddy, I literally just finished your Iron Banner. Like, <laughs> Top tier. What are you doing? Oh my god. What do you mean? Not worthy. Rude. Rude. <laughs> And then all of a sudden he gets an expansion. So that's the, who that guy is. That's Lord Saladin. That's how we knew him as. And then he gets an expansion and he gets his lore expanded upon. Yeah. I think some some things we already knew about Lord Saladin as well is, I guess, old titans kind of just have each problems other? with each other. <laughs> um, we've learned that Lord Shax, the Crucible leader yeah. and commander savala and lord saladin used to be very very good friends but there's this very uncomfortable rift between the three of them now oh my god um, and apparently people have tried to get them to talk t to each other before but it just isn't good for anyone guys did they used to attend the same crocheting class and then when they are not <laughs> friends anymore, they had to find, like, separate times to go crocheting. Well, Zavala teaches the crocheting, and, like, Saladin and Shaq still crochet, but they need to do it secretly yeah. because they're bitter and they don't want... I would be salty, too, if I would be like, Saladin. man, I just knitted this dope-ass scarf and I can't show anyone. Great. <laughs> 
put it. I mean, like, I bet like Saladin knits like little booties for their wolf friends. Yeah. Hoppers. Yeah. Another important thing. Another important thing about yeah. Lord Saladin is that he has a pack of wolves that he has raised. And yeah. They are cute and they are good, and you cannot pet them. Bungie, massive oversight. You shouldn't be able to pet the dogs. I know there's one big thing that Selden has over most people. Mm. Yeah. He has a cape. He does. It's a pretty cool cape. He is the only Titan, kind of, quote unquote, the only Titan that has a cape. A cape. So we actually spawn in into the game off our ship and then you hear Lord Saladin immediately and he's like, Guardian, I've heard so much about you. And then you're just like, can people stop talking about me so I can get five minutes? Five minutes of not doing a lot. Anyways. Yeah, we need a break. If we need a break. Yeah. <laughs> Where's the just vacation the God. I know. Where's our beach episode? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I was going to say in Destiny 2, games. we could have a beach episode if we could bring the soccer ball to the beach. Yeah. And then could, like knock it around. But if you knock it out of bounds, then it just dissolves. Thanks, Bungie. Anyway, <laughs> let's get it. Eric, do you want to talk about the first mission? Well, we drop in into... A very snowy area. It's the first time it was all snowy. It got me really excited yeah. because there's something I've been wanting in this game for a really long time yeah, called Europa. We land in the snow peaks near the Cosmodrome under reports of fallen uh, House of Devils activity in the Cosmodrome. It's getting more intense and we don't really know why. And we were going to go to the Cosmodrome, but instead we were pulled to an abandoned observatory and nearby mountains. Mm -hmm. So we're called there by Saladin, and throughout the mission, it's really beautiful, and here's one of those, I guess, mechanics that are new to this uh, installation, is that Rise of Iron dropped legacy consoles, uh, like the PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360, which let them (laughs) leverage a lot more out of uh, the game. Mm -hmm. So I'm guessing that many of the effects that we see in Rise of Iron were largely to do with this uh, drop, which is unfortunate, but it, it was two years in the making. So yeah, it was kind of something that needed to happen, especially considering I believe they said 90% of the community was on those consoles. Mm-hmm. It changed a lot. And this was the first place that you got to see it. You got to see the wind blowing across the mountains and like tossing up the stuff. Oh, it was so beautiful. It was really great. We climb up into a gondola, a rickety, spooky gondola, and we ride up there while we're attacked by Fallen, who then pretty much smash a hole in the gondola and we hop out because that's what guardians do, I guess. They just kind of leap out of stuff. They really made a joke of it during this expansion where it's like, Anytime we had to jump somewhere or fall down somewhere, our ghost or the or I know the ghost commented on it, and I know Cade commented on it. Mm-hmm. They would just be like, "I hate it when we have to jump," and I'm like, "Well, that's what we do, okay? That's all we do. All the jumps. <laughs> yeah, we jump, uh, we... and the ghost opens <laughs> doors. Okay, that's it. That's it, destiny. the two truths of destiny. We also dance. We also that's... dance." That's the third. That's the ultimate truth that everyone knows. (laughs) It does not need to be mentioned because it is universal. Yeah. We get very close to the observatory and then we see the fallen 
I guess, bowed before something that is awfully familiar. <gasps> it's Sepix Prime. What? However, Sepix Prime is radiating this mysterious red aura. Uh, by the way, Sepix Prime was like the first strike boss that you fight in the in the game. Yeah. Period. Big. Like, it's the very servitor. first one. Big purple ball. Big old servitor. Big purple. Big, Big old, old ball servitor. Boy. And we we engage them in a fight, and they reflect that this new Sepix perfected, as it's called, is regenerating, which causes Saladin to freak out. Not yeah, they're freak out. Not happy yeah. about this. He's and we don't know why this whole time and he even gets kind of angry a lot like he's barking orders at us in a very intense mm-hmm. way because um, he hasn't really told us about any of his dark backstory <laughs> yeah uh we don't know any of this stuff yet but we we fight them off and we destroy them or do we what because in the cutscene after Saladin lands and shoots two fallen behind us in like the coolest like section the first time we oh. actually see them. And then he turns do around stuff. and he says that thing. Yeah. Even <laughs> old wolves still bite. What? Did you just have that? Did you just have that ready? Did you just turn yeah, around and you were like, ready. finally I've had this line in my head for years and I got to say it. Got to use it now. Got it. But we watch as Unfortunately, all of our hard work is undone, and the little purple ball just kind of flies away Gets off up. to the Cosmodrome. It's just whew, gone. Bye. And we quickly are introduced to Shiro 4, who is a fellow hunter mm-hmm. and a friend of Cade's, who informs us that they are attacking the wall of the Cosmodrome, and they're disrupting the sensor grid. Mm-hmm. For what reasons we still are yet to know. So we're immediately sent that way, also in pursuit of Sepix Perfected. And that leads us back to the new Cosmodrome. Yeah. So Cosmodrome is now covered in snow. It is a very snowy area. And there's also big chunks of this weird nano tentacles i guess or cables or wires just bursting it kind of looks like uh, artificial muscle structures yeah Yeah. it's like if artificial muscles were also connected to these big nodes that were made out of like 3d printed material yeah yeah and we scan it and then i think that's when we find out that we are fighting this thing called siva this these nano machines called siva and that's when the machines coalesce into the form of a human. And they were like, remember when <laughs> I said I was going to Siva you, you soon? soon? Well, now you're Siva in me right here. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah. Nailed it. Really good delivery <laughs> on their part, by the way. The voice actor for the Siva. I was actually was the voice in- actor. Yes. Really? That's what I meant oh. to say. Oh. <laughs> I was wondering. Yeah, it yeah. I, familiar. Um, it's not. It's not in the credits. But I am actually the voice. Uncredited. Actor, uncredited. Just like Shiro. Uncredited. Yeah, and I really, really love the way that they always got Siva to like talk in puns and stuff. I just thought that was a really <laughs> fun it. addition. Anyway, <laughs> you're gonna have to maintain this character throughout this entire session. It's, yeah. Anyway, right? Okay. Yeah. It's too late. It's done. Please do. Um, so we find out 
It's Siva, and Saladin tells us a little bit about it. We unlock a grimoire card about it, and we're like, oh, cool, we get to find out more. And then we also travel to an area of the Cosmodrome where the wall has literally been cut, like chopped, and you're just like, Mm -hmm. I get to go past the wall? So you go in, and you discover more fallen, but these fallen look a little bit different. They are the splicers. Splicer no splicing. What they do is they take parts of themselves and I guess they splice in technology. (laughs) 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 They splice in technology in order to become better than what they currently are. And these splicers were like, hey, you know this cool thing called SIVA? Let's just like pump that into our systems. Let's just shove it just right into our body. Yeah, nothing can possibly go wrong at all. What could go wrong? What could go wrong? So with that, they gained a couple of new abilities and new armor, new weapons, new abilities. So like... For instance, the dregs, you would used to, you know, you just shoot them in the head. Well, this time, if you shoot dregs in the head, they form like this tracking grenade and it would just kill you. Yeah. It's one of the hardest things to unlearn. Yeah. Or it has been for me is unlearning shooting SIVA dregs in the head. head. Yeah. And at first it was really bad because you can detonate the grenade before it hits you but because this was the beginning and we were at like a low light level it just took like two entire clips of whatever you were using in order to blow it up and that just wasn't worth the time so you had to unlearn don't shoot them in the head later on once you got to the max light level you would just be like whatever just shoot it just shoot the grenade what also was kind of a problem with those things is that they would dodge your bullets sometimes. Like you'd shoot them and then they go, oh, it would, and they yeah, just go it would, somewhere else. Yeah, it would like do that. No respect. Taken thing and just, ah, yeah. Awful. They added a lot of other things, some new shields, some new weapon types. A lot of their weapons were solar based, which mm-hmm. was good for us in many cases. But they're just really cool looking, honestly. I yeah. really like the way the splicers look. I just hated that the vandals now had like a faceplate thing that made them really hard to hit in their heads, which made them even more annoying to fight. Also, the vandals, their rifles were really, ah. they really hit hard. Yeah. Yeah. They shoot like bursts of three or something. Mm-hmm. And then like the servitors were just like maximum fire, oh rapid God, fire. Those blasts. The servitors were bad. Worse. <laughs> they were bad. Effectively, they made things Everything was bad because they were But really not bad fun. as in <laughs> like the point. it's broken, but bad as in annoying. It hurt our feelings. Yeah. Yeah. I believe after that we're called to Fellwinter's Peak to learn more about the history of the Iron Lords. Yeah. And Fellwinter's Peak I, I mean, Kelly's dancing in the background here because <laughs> of that's her favorite Iron Lord, I believe. Yeah. Fellwinter's but, my favorite. <laughs> but Fellwinter's Peak became a new social space in Rise of Iron. Uh, it's just an area where you can go, you can get your stuff done. That's where the Iron Banner was moved to. Mm-hmm. You got to meet Saladin, Shiro 4, and the person. You got to climb a big old mountain, which took forever in many <gasps> cases. <laughs> you got to see the little boofers. Yep. There were poppers um, there. Lots of dogs. Lots of poppers. No Fellwinter, though. And then you also got to meet Tira Karn, who is 
our new Cryptarch and probably i believe they were like one of the founders of they the they are one order. of the founders of the cryptarchy yeah which and is pretty cool hey tyra you dropped the ball on rahul just saying you dropped yeah. the ball yeah <laughs> but she's pretty cool she's pretty freaking cool yeah and yeah. you kind of learn a lot from her just from listening to her dialogue and you know she's centuries of years old all that good stuff yeah yeah she gave us these new artifacts and before artifacts would just be another piece of gear it was introduced in the taken king and it was just a little piece of gear with a little bit more flavor text and it kind of affected your light level but didn't really do much now in rise of iron the artifacts did things and all these artifacts were memories of the iron lords or tokens of the previous iron lords all of them gave you grimoire about the iron lords which was really cool and people got like oh this one's my favorite it was kind of like trading cards i mainly Mm -hmm. use the artifacts or i like the artifacts because of what they did so i had like a crucible artifact and then an artifact i use during pve what's the one you typically use in crucible It's, I don't know the names, but it's the one that reduces the damage effect of like things that burn you. Damage over time. Yeah, damage over time. I that one. So I use that one that would, and then in PVE, I use the one that would turn your enemies against each other, which was my favorite. Teamer, yes, Teamer's Demons. Hey, do you know what Teamer is? Teamer's a warlock. Yeah, that's true. Hmm. But it's my favorite question mark by the way like literally question mark because the iron lords were a hodgepodge of various class abilities yeah so you could say that they were a warlock but is that i feel like turning enemies against each other though is a very warlock thing to do Do we want to go into the deep dark lore of the iron lords it was very knights of the round table type feel the whole, all of the Iron Lords and the introduction of them, because they came to be during a time in the lore, the Dark Ages, where guardians weren't guardians. And this is what I love the most about Rise of Iron is the lore behind it, because this was a time where these newly risen warriors, instead of doing what was right, they became warlords. Can I just say that is scary that is the scariest thing like hey look at that group of refugees let me just wreck it because i know they can't do anything about it and take this land and like rule with an iron fist and that just also makes me think like what were the ghosts thinking at this time like at what point did that switch happen where ghosts were like oh we serve to protect things but before they were like no we serve to do what this warrior wants me to do you know like when did that switch happen i feel like they reflect the guardian i feel like they reflect the person with them i mean there's that whole note where dredgen your their ghost wasn't a ghost anymore it became known as a wraith oh really so it's kind of like i think it's just a representation of who you know it was like a friendship i guess and you know their best buds is like oh you know you're a warlord i will just go kill some people yeah <laughs> i think that they forged the same friendships but it's probably i honestly i feel like people who became warlords 
probably weren't as friendly. They're probably more professional in that respect. Right. And they're just like, you give me the power and then I keep you alive. Gotcha. That kind of situation. Yeah. I mean, it could be. Uh, Felwinter used to be a warlord too. So after that, we are sent into the plague lands. You want to talk about that, Eric? Well, we're we're sent to the plague lands, which is just outside the Cosmodrome. We're told by Saladin that they led an assault. The Iron Lords led an assault on Rasputin uh, with the hopes of retrieving Siva for their own devices. It's a it was originally devised, for instance, before the military got involved as a colonizing effort it's meant to build not just destroy they learned about this and they attacked Rasputin and Rasputin retaliated as Rasputin often does with unnecessary force and decimated many of the iron lords before they even made it into the vault those that made it into the vault were then corrupted and killed potentially by Siva in there and Saladin is the only survivor of that assault so on that delightful note we are sent into the location where they invaded the plague lands what a what a lovely name it's a pretty cool place honestly it's a really interesting kind of dilapidated scrapyard area um really cool stuff to investigate there but we are more focused on the large uh artillery batteries that were repaired by siva and are now attacking the cosmodrome it it's basically like raining large explosives throughout the entire mission it's really spooky unfortunately doesn't attack us we start in the cosmodrome and we start passing through holes that the splicers have carved throughout the buildings and they just like cut Mm -hmm. through things they just cut out like large shapes and we pass by a large servitor looking thing which we later find out is the entrance to the raid Mm. um it's just this massive uh construct of scrap metal it is so looming there (laughs) it that's one way to describe it it is very big and we pass through that area into what is actually the plague lands we head towards the batteries which are just constantly firing and we find these large clusters of siva which are powering these force fields and we cut those down we cut into the to the area we disable these guns and then they drop a spider tank on us which was enhanced with siva and it's crazy (laughs) and there's just explosions everywhere and this is like a general theme Throughout this whole thing, this whole uh, expansion is just explosions. Like that seems like something yes. that they were a really big fan of because uh, shock cannons come up all the time. Uh, Siva just causes explosions just for whatever reason. It's crazy. I think Bungie's um, effects department was like, hey, we are just <laughs> all going on to Xbox One and PlayStation 4. So let's just really, 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 really... Make everything blow up so we can always have those sweet, sweet particles. Yeah. We take out most of the fallen there. We take out the tanks so that they can have some some backup to, you know, come behind us. And Saladin realizes that the fallen have gained a level of control over Siva that's dangerous already. Like they, have they? They've already done that. Kind of. Are they controlling Siva or is Siva controlling them? (laughs) Useful thought piece for the magazine. I mean, they're they're showing a level of competency with this entity that 
proves dangerous for the city, for all of humanity in that respect, because they, you know, they've already repaired guns with it. They golden age guns with it. They've outfitted themselves with it, and they've outfitted huge sections of the area with Siva. So we're sent by Tira Karn on a lead that Siva was originally developed in Clovis Bray, a location on Mars, with hopes of uncovering any sort of weaknesses. I liked the addition of Clovis Bray. I liked, you know, lore-wise, it's very like, oh yeah, we got sent to Clovis Bray and we get to find out that Clovis Bray is really sketch when it comes to experimenting and creating these new things. So in the grimoire, we find out that Clovis Bray kind of spearheaded the whole SIVA creation, and they even experimented on people without telling them, really? Like, yeah. hey, this mm-hmm. is what we're going to do to you. Ugh, we're not going to actually, like... That was a lot of documentation that re- we received during Al Sector. yeah. Um, where people were being experimented on, not necessarily with consent. Yeah, um, really sketch. <laughs> and Real people died or lost some of their mental function mm-hmm. because of it. Yeah, so it felt kind of like out of place to suddenly go to Mars. It was really weird for me. I wish there was more of it. It was necessary for the weakness and the idea of tying Clovis Bray into it, but at the same time, it just felt like it was a story beat that needed to happen yeah. and not one that should have happened. Something guess, very important did happen on Clovis Bray, though. Yeah. Sal- <laughs> Saladin called us a young wolf. <laughs> That's true. True. He called true. us a young wolf, and it was very sweet. Yes. But we do dive deep into Clovis Bray, and we, we get the, the deets for Tira Karn to and Shira 4, because apparently both of them were very capable uh, understanding of Siva. Yeah. Shira's a really interesting character. Shira really is an interesting character. I hope he comes back. We get the stuff. The deets. Mm-hmm. We go ahead and go down into the Siva reactor, right? Like, that's the whole reason we did this, is so we could commence on the final mission. Oh, man, mm-hmm. and what a final mission it is. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Like every final mission since the Taken... I feel like the first year one final mission was also super long. So like every final mission in the Destiny campaigns, this one also felt pretty long. But you go ahead and you jump down, down, down. Lots of jumping down into like this big cavern where there's just like a lot of diamond looking siva buildings and then you just go into the vault and while you're walking towards the main reactor like the main i guess control room area there's just a bunch of siva muscles everywhere on that bridge mm-hmm. oh, yeah, and it's, it's just so gross it's so awesome. overtaken it's so awesome and it's also really creepy if you have a really good sound system or if you have headphones um while you're playing the game you can hear like little whispers like siva's whispering whatever they say to you kelly what what did they say you were the voice actor hey i siva you right there (laughs) yeah you hear that while you're walking down the bridge (laughs) you hear that it's very creepy and then once you get into the main control room, you're like, oh, no. And you see these giant, they're huge. And I don't know why they're so big, but they're remnants of 
the Iron Lords that were sealed inside that vault during that very, very first cutscene. Oh, so hell we can, yeah. We can only guess. Actually, we can't guess because it tells us. It's Galleon, <laughs> Yolder, and Felwinter. They're just strung up and covered in Siva. And it's really spooky. If you zoom in on their faces, they have like weird teeth <laughs> oh yeah it's really unsettling i don't like it they have weird teeth oh weird... they're all kinds of messed up they yeah have, like guns that have melded with their arms mm-hmm. they're just it's like really bad swollen and engorged oh, yeah. with the siva material and it's absolutely disgusting and yeah. you're like looking at them right mm-hmm. and you need to like access the panel to do the self-destruct thing and you're like putting your ghosts on there and you're like watching them and you're like Hmm. 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 Right? And then they kind (laughs) of all like shoot up into the air and you're like, "Uh uh-huh. And then they all they all come on down. Not only that. Not only that, but like when they shoot up into the air, you hear Lady Yolder just like scream, or at least you hear an echo of her. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, oh, this isn't cool. gonna be good. This section was really creepy. Yeah, <laughs> it, it was, was so was creepy, really and I'm really happy Bungie went there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's kind of my my aesthetic, my good look. They really nailed it here. And after that, you have a big old fight with these remnants of the Iron Lords, and you get yourself a cool big axe. Yep, and you smash them. You yep. smash, smash, smash as these. You feel the power, but at the same time, it also leaves you incredibly vulnerable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's a very tricky last mission, but you do it. You do the thing. And then you just run real fast. You run a lot. You fight them time. down, mm-hmm. and then you initiate the self-destruct. I love running out of the tunnel during the self-destruct sequence, because all of the SIVA kind of starts like writhing in pain as it knows its demise. Yeah. And it says, like, man, this sucks. That's what it says. Yeah, Um, that is what it says. That's kind of the line it has. And then uh, you run real far, and there's an explosion, and maybe Siva's done. Yeah. I don't know. Who knows? So what we just did is that we destroyed the reactor, Mm -hmm. the replicator system, I believe is actually what it's called, for Siva. It doesn't stop them from using what they already got. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, this is one of those situations where when you finish the main story, it's like all of a sudden there's a bunch of other things to do. Yeah, but yes. I do like that last cutscene whenever Saladin's like, you've honored their memory, Guardian. You are now an Iron Lord. And you're oh just like, fuck yeah. And you just stand there in the room looking really cool with a sick ass new sword. And then I'm just like thinking, what happened after that cutscene? Was it just yeah. like so... So it's the most uncomfortable cutscene in Destiny (laughs) because like you get a sword and then you just like stand there with the sword and Saladin's kind of like proud of you and looking over you and you stand with the sword for a solid five seconds as the camera zooms out and like fades to black or whatever. (laughs) But uh, like how long do you stand there after that? Yeah. I mean, like, that's that's the part of it, is that they actually called in, like, a sculptor to, like, oh, make a statue okay. of you. That's what happened. But that's, like, oh. behind the other statues. Okay, so well, hopefully to, like, it's still dip. there with Destiny 2, so I can go look at my statue. 
That'd be yeah. cool. <laughs> that would be pretty cool. We unlock a ton of side stories, kind of like in Taken King. But these side stories were very... With the exception of the hive, which, what the fuck, I don't care. Um, <laughs> hey! <laughs> okay, but literally, <laughs> yeah. literally, every side story had like a really nice nostalgic feel to it and it hearkened back to what made you who you are today and it was really epic or it was really touching and then all of a sudden we get these hive side stories hey maria it's me the hive uh, no, I, no. I feel really lonely. No, like, this expansion you has got, focused on me. You got two expansions. <laughs> I'm just a thrall. Like you got two expansions. So <laughs> I don't think this is. They haven't focused on me enough. You know what? My name's Paul the Thrall. You know what was I need the help. only good <laughs> thing about the hive is that it unlocked a mission called. Bad Blood, and everyone just sang that Taylor Swift song every time they unlocked it. They were like, oh. Only like the first line, though. Yeah, because that's the only line <laughs> we know. Did yeah. you know that Taylor Swift was singing about me? Get away. I love you, Maria. <laughs> so then the high side stories unlocked the hive strike. After that, it's pretty much over. It's just going over that the Fallen Splicers take things really far, mm -hmm. and they have actually been experimenting on the Hive. Yeah. And we're just there to stop them from doing that, because that's messed up. Like, they were doing some messed up stuff. Yeah. They took an ogre's eye out, that's... and then used it as a gun. Yeah, that sounds pretty <laughs> metal and painful. It's pretty hardcore. <laughs> no wonder the no. ogres are sad. But my favorite missions were, of course, the... You get to rebuild. Everyone was wondering, like, Okay, during the Rise of Iron, they would not shut up about the Galhorn. Oh my god. Whenever yeah. it was kind of like in Taking King, they wouldn't shut up about Vault Space. Well, oh, for god. Rise of Iron, they wouldn't <laughs> shut up about the Galhorn. And that was like the main marketing point was like, oh, pre-order. Yo, pre -order. I heard you like Galahorn, so I got you a Galahorn for your Galahorn so your Galahorn can ride on a sparrow and you can that have looks a like a Galahorn. <laughs> I really enjoyed that it when in crafting it, you learn more. Yeah, about exactly. Like that's what I liked about their solution to how you get to get this new Galahorn that's meant for Rise of Iron. It wasn't just like, here's a gun. No, there was actually a quest for the gun and you get to go to crucible maps and you get to learn about the the foundries and the 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 lore behind the tower bannerfall and the foundry that or not the foundry the faction the faction that was at war so you get to yeah. learn a little bit more about the last city and the faction wars and and who created the Galahorn. For me, I was just like, oh, this is so cool. I really liked it. It definitely yeah. was a trend that they kind of had in Rise of Iron as mm -hmm. well, where you kind of had to go on these missions to get guns, which I think yeah. was a great move. I really like mm -hmm. that. Because, you know, Galahorn has a legacy yeah. of being rather hard to get mm. i would know so <laughs> being able to build one or even with the um kvastov 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 the first gun you get in the game oh it's so nice yeah, the first gun you get in the game which by the way maria yeah do you want to talk about that mission oh god i've played that mission 
so many times. It's it's whenever I'm feeling sad, I will play that mission because it just warms my heart. So you get it's the final step of that gun quest of the Kavastov gun quest, and then the ghost is just like, "Oh, you will not believe where we have to go." And then while you're going through it, you're, you know, you're going through that area where you first came into the wall, you're heading kind of like back where you started. And the ghost is just reminiscing the entire time like, hey, remember when we did this, this and that? Remember when I found you? And then like you kill some more fallen. And then finally, at the end (laughs) of the mission, the ghost says, hey, take me over there. I want to see something. And you're just like, what? And then you go over there and the best prompt in the entire history of Destiny what is pops it? What up. Is it? Talk to ghosts. Thank you, Talk Bungie. to ghosts. Talk to ghosts. It's so good. So you talk to your ghost. Mainly your ghost talks to you. And your ghost just yeah. tells you like... <laughs> I remember when I found you. I'm so glad I found you. You've been like my good friend. It's been an honor serving or it's been an honor being by your side. And you're just like, (laughs) you're just crying the entire time. I was crying the entire time. It was beautiful. It was really emotional and very wonderful. And I replay. I'm so glad we can replay that. I would have been so salty if you weren't able to replay that, but you can. And I do replay that mission because it is so good. (sighs) It's a good mission. I really like that they went that way with a lot of uh, exotic quests happened in Rise of Iron and it was just a matter of like you first find the quest and then you go through it and you are rewarded the gun Mm -hmm. and you have this little story to tell every time like everyone has a story to tell regarding their I guess in this case second Galahorn most people hopefully I'm no probably (laughs) and a lot of people was the first one but it's still like a really entertaining tale going through it Mm -hmm. there's a there's another strike one that's pure mostly pure fallen and that is Sepix Perfected, which is super fun. And it's kick-ass new theme song. Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. They, like, amped up the theme to Sepix Prime, and they added electric guitars, and it was just like, oh, yes, let's kill Sepix. I really, (laughs) it's so wild. It's so good. Iron Banner comes back. Hey, Who's in charge of the Iron Banner since Saladin is like, I'm going to be your mentor and call you Young Wolf, but I'm not going to do this Iron Banner thing. Well, let me paint a picture for you. All right. Let me paint a picture for you. (laughs) Lord Saladin's hanging out in the Iron Temple. Right. He's got his cool cape. He's looking at his his statues of his dead friends that he had to have built himself. And this figure comes in. And she's all like, yo, where's my statue? (gasps) And then Saladin mumbles to himself. He's like, I got too tired and I didn't feel like building your statue. But then (laughs) he turns around and he's like, I always knew you were alive. (laughs) And that's when we meet Aphrodite, who is a really awesome hunter. Can I just read? Can I just read the first portion of her grimoire card? Yeah, go for it. Go for it. Okay. Thank you. In the tales of the Iron Lords, Lady Aphrodite was one of the most prominent characters. She once threw Saladin like a javelin into a fallen walker. 
a city favorite retold for centuries. Okay, so <laughs> need yeah. I say more about Lady Aphrodite? Yes. Lady Aphrodite <laughs> apparently has been serving the light in her own way for a really long time. And she apparently found a group of outside guardians that has kind of been maybe doing work a little bit more reminiscent of what the Iron Lords used to be instead of this tower thing that they have now. And she's been, you know, doing what she can to help the people. But now she has returned and she is the new Iron Banner person. Yeah. Woo. Can we talk about how she threw Saladin like a javelin, though? You know how in the Wonder Woman movie, they go like, shield! And then someone yeah. jumps on the shield <laughs> and it's pretty cool. Mm. I'm pretty sure Aphrodite was like, Saladin, hold still! And he's like, what? And then she throws him. Oh, man. <laughs> You know. She she didn't, you know, Saladin had no idea what was going to happen, but she was, was like, It was a powerful hey. image. Like, the mental image I have is just so amazing. <laughs> and I'd really love it if Lady Aphrodite would throw me into a fallen walker. Another thing that came about was Archon's Forge. So that was yes. kind of like the Court of Oryx, except the fallen better. version. Better. I liked it better because you can't get knocked out of the... <laughs> You couldn't get knocked out of the arena, mm-hmm. but it was also very like, I don't know how to explain it. It was kind of like a mini prison of elders. You know, you just got waves of enemies and then you had to fight this big baddie at the end. Yeah. And you also got different tiers of this, of these enemies. So it yeah. was pretty cool. At some point you got a, you got the hammer if you blew up some Siva the and axe. then out of that. The axe. Yeah. The axe. Um. <laughs> I don't know what I said. I, did I hammer. say hammer? Oh, yes, you did. Axe. Oh, you get an axe. You molten core them. We knew what you meant. Yeah. And then at the end of Archon's Forge, you got gear that actually did good for you. So it was like, hey, you don't have to do Iron Banner or you don't have to do the Crucible in order to get good gear or you don't have to do the raid. Here's Archon's Forge that'll help you get there. It wasn't as fast as going through the iron banner or going through the raid but it was a solution to getting gear it was kind of nice though mm-hmm. um it was just the activity that you could occupy yourself with and you could kind of get into this really nice rhythm yeah and that's kind of what i enjoyed about Archon's yeah Forge. but at the beginning of archon's forge when it was first released you the keys to actually activate the archon's forge they did not drop no. it was oh, very man. hard and then they patched it, and then suddenly you're just like, I have too many. <laughs> I have too many. But they put a cap on it. Thank God. They put a cap on it. They were like, okay, you get five keys for the Archon's Forge. And then after that, you get no more. But, like, when it comes to Court of Oryx, it was like, I got runes up the wazoo, and I don't know how to get rid of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you had that. That um, was it, right? That was all for the, the entire thing. It's, it's all yeah. over. No more. No more. Wait a minute. What? Do you what? hear that? What is it? Hey, it's me, Siva. Yeah? <laughs> What's up, Siva? Um, did you forget about Wrath the Machine? Uh... That wasn't very punny, Siva. <laughs> well, you know, my job's really hard. I know. I know. I just wanted to let you know because you, you've made a precedent all so far that you've had the... To- a pun you regarding what? Siva. You know but... what, Eric? I'm just gonna go. So Siva later. There you go. 
That's what I'm talking about. Rat you know, Siva was just in here and it looked really upset and it walked away, Eric. Oh. I think really it really It walked away. <laughs> it's it's kind of swarmed away out my window. Sw- well, let's- Jesus. Wrath of the Machine! Oh, Wrath wow. of the Machine! <laughs> so that lovely segue. You sounded so desperate, Marie. Wrath of the Machine! <laughs> that segue. Um, oh, man. I personally wrath of the machine has the best intro to all the raids the best like beginning bit to all the raids the way you open it yeah open the, Mm -hmm. the yeah yeah so wrath of the machine is the rise of iron raid um technically destiny one's last raid very fun i love it it's short it feels short because it's very kinetic. Taken King was good, but it just felt so long and not my favorite. But Wrath of the Machine was like just right. It was like Goldilocks. Just right. Very good raid, in my opinion. We summon Vosik, who is Axis's Axis's uh that guy's lieutenant type person. He's the boss you have to fight before the boss. And the way you do that is by, you have to get a runner to like charge up, get some voltage running through them. And then you go to these like little drill things and you gotta, you gotta slam the energy into that, those drills. Just dunk it. Just dunk it. And then once you power it up, the drills like pour out little SIVA bombs and then everyone in your party grabs a bomb and just dunks it on Vosik. Not dunk, but they throw it. But the animation is very, like, basketball. You got to do a three-point. Yeah. Yeah. Free throw. I don't know basketball. You got to do that. (laughs) You got to basketball it. And it's very fun. So you do that for a bit until you, like, scare off that goob. I do have a question, Eric. What? Just a peek behind the curtain for everyone at home listening right now Mm -hmm. for these past few episodes we've just made these brief bullet point pieces to kind of talk about what you know just so we have everything in order Mm -hmm. right under wrath of the machine you wrote yeah what you got oodles of red noodles (laughs) yes there's many can you explain to me what you mean by oodles Oodles of of red red noodles? noodles So Siva looks like muscle tissue, which looks like yeah. red noodles. So there's oodles of red noodles throughout they- the entirety <laughs> of this raid. There's like a there's if you like Twizzlers, you- <laughs> there's just Twizzlers everywhere. <laughs> if you oh like Twizzlers, God. you're gonna like this raid because oh, it's all man. Twizzlers. Let's talk about everyone's favorite part. Yeah, I really liked that slam jam beginning yeah. part. Yeah. Slam Jam. Everyone's part favorite is part great. is Death Zamboni. It is very fun. It is just a giant Zamboni, very Mad Max esque, cobbled together giant machine eating away at the wall and coming towards you, coming at you. Uh, big shout out to my buddy at Bungie's Sounds team yeah he did a lot of work on the noises that the death zamboni makes 
Yeah. Very cool. And what great noises. I just, I don't know. I really love how the raid was just, it really was just like slamming things together all the time. It was just like a never ending collision. It was like a train wreck at all points but like a really cool one because you're in it and you're like running through the the breaking up things behind you and it's just like all these explosions happening and stuff like that it was really cool like all the way through it there's lots to learn lots of mechanics to pick up but all at the same time there was no small amount of action like it was yeah. intense all the way through it's one of my favorites for sure i really love the final boss too mm-hmm. i don't want to talk about it too much but can i can i yeah. just say though Bungie really knows how to make cinematic set pieces. Yeah. So in Taken King, it was that bleeding effect. In Rise of Iron for the raid, it was just that walking into that final area mm-hmm. where it was just dark. It w- it just reminded me of, of Space Odyssey or mm-hmm. anything yeah. directed by Stanley Kubrick. It yes. was so cool. And I was like... Oh my god, this is awesome. It was very cool just walking down that narrow bridge towards the final area and it was mm-hmm. very spooky, very sci-fi. I loved it. Very good. Good job. Good job. Good job. They did a good job of that. It was mm-hmm. really cool. It makes me very excited to see what they're going to do for Destiny 2, especially oh, since totally. everything looks gorgeous now. They were strong from the start, but they got better as things went on. Wrath of the machine also gave us the opportunity to get a new gun there's a story behind this one i'm gonna try to go through it pretty quickly because a lot of it's really complicated so i'm just gonna summarize a lot of it but shortly after the raid released for for one thing there's a, a part of our book we got a record book at the start of rise of iron and mm-hmm. It has all these pages of little notes you can go through. One of them is involving the raid. And one of the sections said monitors activated in the raid. And there's five monitors in that raid. But people only found four. And people had a strong suspicion of where the location of the fourth one is. But they couldn't get to it. Until Owl Sector updated with a small link. That when you click, it will take information off of your account and compile that into this garbled mess of data just like characters and letters and strange symbols it was really cool and you were forced forced you were encouraged i guess is the word for it to compile your data with seven other people who have matching sets of information and with that compilation you got the you got an a coded set of data which you then compile into an image i don't even know how they got an image out of that that part really confused me but they got an image out of it and this image had shapes on the sides of it and people discovered that they needed to compile their data with other compiled data with other set like eight people and wild and they would form this jigsaw pattern that when like connected as the shapes designated created this image of one of the rooms in the raid and it told you how to start not even like do start this the the unlocking section of this and Mm -hmm. when you open that then you'd have to read in binary and decode which everyone knows right (laughs) yeah 
But like, <laughs> apparently, because a solid 70% of our clan are computer scientists, <laughs> just can read binary, so whatever. I mean, it went pretty smoothly for us once we figured it out. Yeah. yeah. But you, you, you decoded binary and you, in the, in the raid, and you activated this middle thing and you got the fourth monitor. And then you beat the raid with all the monitors. And then you get to start the exotic quest line, which is you have this SIVA engine and you're told to empower it. So you play with other players of different classes and then you need to decode it. So you need to go through inside this thing, uh, this engine, and you need to insert uh, a, a specific code, a number of code. And you, like, you do that three times. It's super long and really in depth. And yeah. it was one of the most fascinating things to see the the community tackle because this was never like explicitly explained even in the even in the quest there was no real information about this it was just like hey you need to charge this so the question is how do you do that and people learned it yeah I think a main philosophy when it comes to these cool little events in Bungie is let them find out and let them teach other people. Let the community teach the community how to do these events. We're not going to say anything. It's yeah. up to the community to teach the community. At the end of it, you got one of my favorite weapons in the game, honestly. I really love this Pulse Rifle Outbreak Prime. Never got it. It's, it's, we need to do that. <laughs> we need to go through Never that. Never got it. <laughs> it's so good. It was a, a beautifully stable Pulse Rifle it spawned these swarms of SIVA with it, where it fired, and it was just awesome. It was a Sounds really cool fun too. reward. Yeah, yeah, it really does sound cool. It looks cool. I really love that weapon. But that's about the entirety of the base Rise of Iron uh, expansion. Then we have all the fun events. Yes. So we got a couple more holiday events. We got Festival of the Lost Part 2. So during Taking King, they had their first Festival of the Lost. You mm -hmm. got to trick or treat. And then everyone was like, I'm going to hang on to all my treats. Mm -hmm. Why not? And then You're during smart Festival... You're smart and raisins. And yeah. I'm going to hold them close to my heart yep. where I also hold Erismorn. I love Erismorn. <laughs> Don't ever doubt how much I love Erismorn. Yep. And then during the new Festival of the Lost, people were like, oh, I wonder if like this old stuff I can still use. Most of it got rotten. Like, it'll say, oh, this candy got rotten. But the raisins, <laughs> what happened to the raisins? They became ascendant. Ascendant raisins. Yeah. And then I think this year you got celery from Erismorn. Yeah. Yes. You yeah. got celery for that. Um, <laughs> the only thing that we're looking for is peanut butter now. Um, yeah, we can make but, ascendant ants on a log. Yeah. <laughs> yes, but what was really fun is that the ascendant raisins went through a series of trades throughout the tower. You trade them with different people, and I I just remember uh, I believe Cade was the one who gave it to. He gave you a bar of like super dark bitter chocolate to <laughs> give to Eris Morn, who would give you the actual end re reward, which was a shader called Super Black, I believe. Yeah. Um, also, a really cool shader. shader. Really yeah. cool shader. Uh, but I just love that. It was really fun. A little quest line. It was fun. And then um, 
you got uh, the dawning event, which was the New Year slash winter holiday event, and that also came with new SRL maps and bounties. One of the maps I really liked, it was like a Vex jumping gate map. It was really fun to play through. Not so much to race, I just wanted to like play through those maps. And then everyone knew the terror of the forklift. Yes. God, what do I gotta do to get rid of that forklift? Can I talk about something really important about the dawning? Yeah. Do you remember that you got to give the Vanguard presents? Yes. Oh, yeah. From Eva Levante. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Eva Levante let you give out presents. Oh. And it was really wonderful and really sweet. And very importantly, you give Zavala like this really nice scarf that she knitted. <laughs> and he talks about how good it is like how all of the the form is really well and it's made really well and then he's like oh oh sorry guardian yes thank you he was like merino wool (laughs) 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 oh i love it i love it you gave uh she gave uh Cade six some loaded dice and i core ray a book that she did not have which is probably really hard to do sweet Mm -hmm. Uh, i love it Ava Levante, I hope she's doing okay. I really enjoyed the donning because it also added, well, for one, you also received gifts from the city. Like people would give you small gifts. Yeah, which is nice. And that was a really nice touch. Oh, you also got, I think you were about to mention this. Yeah. But you got uh, little like paper messages. Yes. Yeah, Little paper I got messages. the saltiest paper message out of everyone in our clan. I'm pretty and I sure s- you did. I still have it. I think mine was like, you never thank your ghost enough or something like that. Like, you yeah. don't give your ghost enough credit. And I'm just like, oh, yes, I do. Ouch. <laughs> I'm pretty sure mine was Cade, and it was like, I'm just tired of writing these. Yeah, <laughs> mine was an unusual number of urine grams with decrypt into strange coins. Oh, God. Which That's is probably funny. why I have like 2,000 right now. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, the Donning also introduced a couple of mechanics, mm-hmm. I guess we could say. Yeah. Do you want to yeah. talk about those, Eric? Yeah. Uh, it introduced one of my favorite things in the Donning, strike scoring. It's just like a, a really nice add-on where it added points. It just, like, if you got a kill with a headshot, you got points. You got multi-kills with primary, you got points. You do cool things with grenades, you got points. And it was, it encouraged you to go quickly, it go efficiently, and at the same time still have fun and feel that like you're, you know, making a difference because the point values went really high and it was just a lot of fun. Like it was like a small thing, but it really changed a lot. Um, You get some elite strikes which rewarded this new golden armor set and they also reintroduced i'm pretty sure at this point this was every strike was back in rotation so they all had new mechanics except for velas to arc velas to arc is the only unchanged boss except for except for health there everything else i think had new mechanics (laughs) which was really weird there was a lot introduced in the dying um yeah which went on for the whole month yeah it was december it was december and a bit of january yeah yeah which was pretty cool um and that wrapped up that rise of iron expansion age of triumph came out very recently and that is destiny one's true last event it started at 
in late March, and it was kind of, Age of Triumph is kind of like a roundup and a highlight of all the things you've done in Destiny One. Mm-hmm. So yes. hopefully, people have completed the Age of Triumph book because I believe it ended. And you know what, man? <laughs> Let me tell you, when Eric and I went to Guardian Con, about eighty percent of the people in there were wearing Age of Triumph shirts. Yeah, so it seems like everyone did a very good job. Good. And I'm very proud of all of them. If you were a kindergarten that picked up Destiny 1 during Age of Triumph and you didn't get the book, it's okay because Destiny 2, you'll be there from the very, very beginning, Mm -hmm. you know? So Age of Triumph was really for the people that have been with the game since either Destiny 1 or Taken King. You know, they've they've been in it for the long haul and it was just something to highlight their accomplishments. Yeah. Yeah. It was it was a really nice nod too. It it, mm-hmm. it brought back all raids, gave us this huge book to to go through. It had ornaments on all of the new armor sets. It added this new thing called a daybreak modifier on occasion, where you just throw your axiom bolts everywhere, your scatter grenades all times, because <laughs> that's all you did. That's all I did. Super fun. Yeah. They had a higher light challenge of elders. They just brought they- like everything back. It was awesome. Yeah. They brought things back and they gave you like raid specific new gear to get. They also had challenges for the raids. It was oh, great. Yeah. It was new great. Challenges, new everything. Mm-hmm. It was a lot and of it was, fun. It was just like their final push to get ready for or like to bring Destiny 1 to a close. Yeah. And I guess that brings that brings our recaps to a close. <laughs> yeah. I'm more recapping. Now what do we talk about? That's for the listeners <laughs> to decide. Yeah, let's let's throw that up there. If you want us to talk about something specific, let us know at these places. You can go to <laughs> thehangerloungepodcast.com, shoot us a message there, or you can contact us through our Twitter, which is at hangerlounge. You can shoot us a message a message there and um, let us know like if you liked what you've heard, if you have a question about what you heard, if you want us to delve deeper into something, just let us know and that way we'll have something to talk about next episode. Yeah, we we love the lore very much. So, mm-hmm. you know, if you've heard rumors about this dredging your guy or you know, you hear us talking about Rasputin all the time and you're like, hey, what's he about? Feel yep. free to ask us questions about things that you're more curious in. Or if you have something that you really enjoy or just generally a question, feel free to send it to us and we can address it on our show. Yeah. In addition to that, first of all, thank you. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Secondly, if you enjoy what you hear, we just listed a couple places where, you know, you can listen to us or talk to us. Feel free to follow us on Twitter. I'd like to give a big shout out to I'm called SARS. Uh, she made a really, really great like post about us and talked about how much she really enjoyed our podcast. And I really appreciate that. She also left a review on iTunes for us. So thank you so much for doing that. You're Thanks our so first much. reviewer. So thank you so much. <laughs> if you listen to us through iTunes, we'd really appreciate uh, a review that helps more people see this this thing that we're doing. Mm-hmm. You know? Also, uh, thanks to uh, Bell Bunny 
and Sponimus, who recently followed us on Twitter. Thanks so much. We Thank really you. appreciate you uh, hanging out with us. So feel free to reach out to us if you're a follower. If you'd like to follow, feel free to follow us and talk to us. We're nice people. We'll talk to you. Yeah. One last thing. This past week, I'm going to get very serious and very personal for a second here. This past week, someone that I looked up to and held near and dear to my heart passed away due to mental issues. Mm -hmm. Mental illness is a very scary topic to talk about. It's a very scary thing to talk to your family about because there's a stigma about it. People think that if they talk about mental illness, you're going to be ostracized and you're going to be called crazy and no one's going to want to talk to you anymore. That's not true. Everyone cares about you and there's so many resources out there that you can go to to talk to people in if you're having these mental illnesses or these mental issues one website that i know about uh and i know this website through what's good games it's another podcast is takethis.org and take this seeks to inform our community about mental health issues to provide education about mental disorders and mental illness prevention and to reduce the stigma of mental illness so it's a website you can go there you can sign up and they have articles you can read by mental health professionals there's a community you can reach out to if you need help there's first-hand accounts of people who are struggling and they're they're working through it and maybe you can relate to them and read their story so that's a really good website to go to and reach out to so take this.org it's dangerous to go alone we love you yeah you're yeah. here chatting with us right now next to the jukebox we appreciate you yeah so thanks so much for being yourself i'm really proud of you that's a hard thing to do mm -hmm. yeah thanks so much for listening thank you thank you